Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And trust me about women leadership because you're such an example of that, Mm. of a woman taking hold of these issues that are not funded properly, that are not expressed publicly and using your platform and doing something about it. Mm. And in my own profession, I've seen such an evolution of women in journalism. What can we do to have more women leaders? Mm. Because in my own experience, women work collegially. Mm. Women in the Senate have worked collegially across the aisles in ways that often men don't. Mm. Oh, hi, Andrea Mitchell. Aren't you sweet? Bless your heart, as I've learned to say living in Indiana. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. That is the number. That is Andrea Mitchell speaking to Melinda Gates. The uh, they're Divorced, right, from Bill Gates. Um... You, you looked her in the eye and you said, you're such an example of leadership. And Melinda Gates goes, hmm, yes. Yes, I am. I'm very important. I'm very important. See, see, what I did was I was, was, was sleeping with a total nerd while he changed the world. Hmm, yes. Now, you can argue everything Melinda Gates did to help get Microsoft off the ground. You can argue that. But Bill Gates is the guy who changed the world. There are women who have changed the world. Women who have made remarkable differences. Women who have been impactful. Then there have been women who have slept with the guy who changed the world and made it impactful. Guys, I come for the fight. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. I'm not listening to this. This madness. No one should deny contributions made by Melinda Gates. If the contributions are there, you can list them out and go right ahead. No one talks to Melinda Gates if her last name isn't Gates. No one. But that's not the story. The story is this idea of women work together more collegially in a way that men don't. Men don't work collegially? What What do you mean men don't work collegially? Uh, to be collegial, uh, colleagues, goodwill and, and things like that, friendly, respectful. That's the, what, what do you mean? Why, what conversation is this about men don't work collegially? This is not true. This is false. This is some bullcrap feminism going, what is this now with a seventh wave? I don't know what kind of feminism this is, but this is trash. This is garbage. And normally I would have left it as just Andrea Mitchell nonsense, but... Wait till you hear the response. This now becomes. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
should be named later. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. You won't believe it when you hear it, and you'll say, my gosh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Brought to you by Sponsor, to be named later. Now, let's get to the dumbest thing I've ever heard. We're going to need an announcer or somebody to do that. We're going to need somebody to like write that script and, and, and do that voice. Should we just open it up to the audience, Jason? Just take submissions and we'll, we'll pay somebody? We'll I think that. that's a plan, Tony. Great way to get the audience involved. Right? Because it, 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 it's not going to be you. you. You have things to do. It's, it's not going to be you. Um, I never get the breaks. Nah, it's, it's rough. It's, it's, I need a singer. I'm coming to you. Uh, this, maybe we'll just open it up. This is the response from Melinda Gates. And, you know, I, I, I've given many a talk. I've had many an interview. I have never in my life thought for a moment in any level of serious way I could amass this much ego. This is, never mind what, what, what Andrea Mitchell said in the pompous way that she said it. This is pompous more women leaders mm. because in my own experience women work collegially mm. women in the senate have worked collegially across the aisles in ways that often men don't mm. the answer <laughs> if you're driving hands on 10 and 2 you know they teach 9 and 3 now something about the uh the airbags i'm a 10 and 2 guy i'm old school uh don't d- listen and women have a different lens on society just because of where we've come from, right? Or people of color. And it's when you see women in positions of power, whether they're in parliaments or legislatures, they make different policy. When you see women in the news, they are bringing a different perspective. They're presenting a different perspective that let Americans decide what they think. Has anybody ever asked whether or not that perspective is a good one? Um, what? Well, I can't. I can't ask whether a woman's perspective is a good perspective. Oh God! O M G! Are you kidding me right now? I'm. I'm not. You bring a different perspective. Fine. Is that perspective any good? Did it actually bring a value? I'm not saying a man's perspective brings a value. Uh, I've seen uh, some perspectives brought by men. I hate Illinois Nazis. Not very good. But that doesn't mean that a woman's perspective is therefore better. That's that's just that is just not in any way correct. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. But it gets better. Right? So I believe women should be in all places. And that means they should be able to make decisions in their home, in their community. They should control resources. They should shape policy and perspectives. And when you do that, even in the home, you start to see, we have good data now, you start to see the children are healthier and the family becomes wealthier. You see that children are better off when there's actually a family. When there's a mother and a father. When there is stability. When there is yin and yang. 
That's when you see children are, are better. But wait for it. It's coming. And so I think we're at a point where you're seeing female leadership. We're not seeing enough of it yet. We're getting there. But we need to see it enormous momentum. Because guess what? I also believe you would have less war-torn and conflict-ridden places. We would have less war. Less war if if women were leaders. I think we're at a point where you're seeing female leadership. We're not seeing enough of it yet. We're getting there. But we need to see it enormous momentum. Because guess what? I also believe you would have less war-torn and conflict-ridden places. Um, Melinda Gates has never watched any videos that appear on Facebook. Until you've seen two women beat the crap out of each other at a Waffle House, I don't think you get to talk to me, Melinda Gates. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. You sound ridiculous. Is your argument that if Xi Jinping was replaced by a woman, that it would no longer be a communist nation? That's not the way the world works. That's not true. That is not factual. New Zealand had a female prime minister, Jacinda Ardern. No one could be more proactive in trying to take away your rights than Jacinda Ardern. She doesn't even believe you should have free speech rights. There would be less conflict if Hillary Clinton was president of the United States. She invented an entire story about Trump and the Russians to try and keep him from getting to the White House and then destroy him while he was in the White House. We somehow would be better? Who's got a bigger body count? Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? I guess it well, I guess it kind of depends on your definition of body count. This is nonsense. This is progressive pablum that has absolutely no basis in reality. Is your argument that if if there was a woman in power, a woman who was president, which the day will come, of course, that somehow if we were attacked, we wouldn't attack back? Is that your argument? If, 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 where, where does this play out? This proof of the idea that things would be better. Where does it play out? Or is it some kind of fantasy play? I have worked with women my entire career in all different kinds of ways. And I have met women who are very, very good at their job. And I've met women who are downright lousy at their job. And I have met men who are very good at their job and downright lousy at their job. And I have met Jews, myself being Jewish, who are very good at their job and some who are very lousy at their job. I have met all kinds of people. Some are very good and some are very lousy. Genitalia is not an indicator of success, 
of talent, of skill. It's not. Nor is it an indicator of a perspective that will provide value to the subject at hand. When they gave us Sonia Sotomayor, and she told us that the richness of her Latina heritage would be very, very helpful on the Supreme Court, I said, I would think that a knowledge of the law would be better, but sure. What, what matters more in the Supreme Court? Her Latina heritage or her understanding of the law? Any answer other than her understanding of the law simply is madness. It's madness. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know how women respond to this kind of so-called feminism. I don't because they're not a monolithic group. They may respond differently. But I know how I respond to this kind of pablum. I turn uh, to young men all across America and I say, you see that? You hear that? When you hear that, that's not somebody to date. You could procreate with somebody else. The idea that men are the problem and women should take over. No. Policies and ideas can be problematic. And what we need is to counter that with better policies and better ideas. And that can come from a lot of places. And it can come from men and it can come from women. People who are black and people who are white. And Asian and Hispanic. And Jewish and Christian and Muslim. And gay and straight, etc., etc. Thank goodness Andrea Mitchell was there to share such an important conversation. My God, that's ridiculous. I'm Tony Katz. I sat down for an hour and then I did a Megyn Kelly one and she had, you know, just, boy, she became nastier all of a sudden. She was pretty nasty, didn't you think? Anybody that watched it, I sat down. No, 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 no. Megyn Kelly wasn't nasty. If you go back to 2016, Megyn Kelly was nasty. But in the conversation you just had with her the other week, Megyn Kelly wasn't nasty. What, what the hell is so nasty about this? Can a man become a woman? Um, <laughs> in my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman. I, 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 think, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No, no, although they'll come up with some. Uh, you're the problem. In my opinion. <laughs> that was just funny how that came back up. She didn't say anything nasty. You didn't know how to answer the question. Can a man become a woman? The answer is no. What was your answer? You just handled it poorly. What? He, he can't handle something poorly? He did. I don't care how much of a Trump supporter you are. He handled it poorly. It was a ridiculous answer. Can a man become a woman? No. It just can't happen. Men are not women. Women are not men. That's it. What are you talking about Megyn Kelly being nasty? Toughen up, kid. You can't. Nasty. It, it, it 
all flows back to where we are with this polling. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I mean, he's so decisively ahead in the polling, it is nuts. Unless the polling somehow isn't real, and I'll let others work on that. I've been so deceived and screwed by polling. I admit it, I am twice bitten, 49 times shy. I'm going to wait till Iowa. There has been question about whether or not Biden, uh, not Biden, I'm sorry, Trump should show up to uh, debates. And the people over there at Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, Joe Scarborough lacks a mind. Listen to this. But the Wall Street Journal editorial page actually suggests about as much that maybe he's afraid he's just too old to do this. They, they write, why is Mr. Trump afraid to confront other Republicans without the aid of a teleprompter? Is he worried he'd look his age at 77 next to younger candidates? And I believe that's the Wall Street Journal and Joe Scarborough trying to use the age argument uh, against him. And the age argument is now going against everybody. Age is a factor in this election. and Trump has to deal with that. I don't think he's going on the debate stage because, A, he doesn't have to. He's already proven that. And, B, it'll hurt him in four indictments. Of course it will, which is part of the problem. The indictments are influencing an election. This is, that argument is sound. To say otherwise is nuts. Ah, Trump's afraid to go on the stage because he's too old. And and your thoughts now on Joe Biden? Your thoughts now on the age of Joe Biden? Anything? Anything at all? Nothing. Okay. It's an unserious thing. Do I think the Wall Street Journal has a dog in the fight? Well, I think if you write an article like that, which I, I have not read yet, I only heard it uh, there, um... It's possible. It's possible. But Trump has absolutely no need to appear, and Trump has to deal with the consequences of not appearing. But to not note these four indictments playing in on this, that's just, I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous. That's, that is silly. Of course it does. If I were him, do I show up? I don't know if I show up for round two. I don't know if I show up until there are some people who drop out and you know who really you have to concentrate your fire on. Seriously, should Trump go to a debate and get punched on by, by, by nine people or should he go to a debate where there's only two or three people he's got to deal with? As a matter of strategy. Not whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, who cares? As a matter of strategy. I don't see where going helps. And I don't see where not going hurts enough that you would go. And I am willing to bet that you don't either. Just a take. Just a take. Here's a take. This economy is not great. It's not going to be great for a good long time. Where is inflation going and do these treasury rates tell us anything? Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, going to break that down. This is Tony Katz today.
the stock market, well, I, I don't know. It's something to the bed. They did something to the, the, the bed. I don't think I'm allowed to say it on radio, so I, I, I won't. But let's just say the markets did something uh, to the bed. And it's understandable because the Federal Reserve is very, very clear. High interest rates are here, and they're not going anywhere. Cut them. Oh, no, 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 no. So when the Biden administration tries to tell you that inflation is down, no, it's not. The Federal Reserve has told you that the interest rates must remain to try and further battle the inflationary pressures. This is not a great economy. This is a problem. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything, of course, at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. We start with uh, the 10-year treasury. The 10-year treasury is at its highest spot, its highest moment since 2007. I mean, there was a while there, it was at 4.48. And it may, may be higher now or not, I don't know. The, the, it fluctuates, it moves. This is huge stuff. As we were talking to Lance Lambert, who is the real estate editor of Fortune Magazine, you take a look at the spread to what uh, mortgage rates are, and that spread is 3%, nearly 300 basis points, which puts interest rates on a 30-year fixed mortgage at 7.5%. As Lance pointed out um, the other day on, on this show, some interest rates have been over 8%. 8% to purchase a home. Boo Bear, that's a lot. I, I told the story, I swear to you, I went to look at a house that actually wasn't too far from where I, I live. It, I, I, I live in a lovely home. Right, not too big, not too small. Compared to the people around me, they, they must be like, "Oh man, radio doesn't pay much at all." But we love it. We're 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 kind of minimalist kind of people. Less is more, uh, for for sure. The house is is great. Could I use a little more space? Yes, specifically for what I do because I work from home, and we're right now looking to build onto the house, and we're gonna we're gonna add studio space and yes, cigar smoking space. What? I can't do both things. You sit there and you be quiet. Don't you tell me what I can and can't do. But went to look at a house. Fantastic. Absolutely terrific uh, home. Kind of a mid-century feel. Uh, had a, had, it didn't really have a yard in the back. It kind of went down to a, to a creek and it was wooded. Terrific. And we were like, we can do this. This is our kind of style. We could totally, totally do this. Well, we went down the road, and then we looked at what the interest rate would mean for a mortgage, and we said, nope. No matter how much we knew that house could work for us, we knew that it was a bad idea for us economically to put ourselves in a position where we would even think of feeling that stress. I won't lie. I make a living, but... Stress, you understand, maybe you don't know this about me. I lost everything I owned in the downturn in 2008, 2009, 2010. I had a house in Florida. I was living in California at the time trying to start a tech company. And and I lost the house. I lost the house. I still pay off that mortgage every month. 
right? The, 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 the difference, because we were underwater. I still pay that off. Worked out the deal. I keep paying. We lost it all. Every last bit of it. I don't know if you know what stress is like. Stress sucks. And I say that hearing the laughter, you know what stress is like. And it wasn't worth it. No matter how nice the house was, it wasn't worth the potential stress. Didn't make any sense to us. We couldn't bring ourselves to do it again. We didn't do it. Well, what we're seeing and what you see from the Federal Reserve is that these rates, which historically aren't massive. I mean, there were rates well into the teens, you know, in in the 70s, early 80s. But for us who have had for so many years of really free money, 8%, 7.5%, man, that makes a difference on whether you can afford a house or not. It does. It makes the difference on whether you can afford the house or not. And what the Federal Reserve has said here, what they have clearly said is um, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's going to be. Even uh, the, the Wall Street Journal, one of their headlines, higher rates, not just for longer, but maybe forever. So the question is, what is it that the Fed is seeing? What did they actually tell Wall Street? How is Wall Street responding and how should you be responding to the conversation that they're having. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. You heard what the Fed said. You heard that they are not bringing rates down to you, to the economist. What did they say? Well, Tony, what they said is that they're going to increase what's called the neutral rate. We've never talked about this before, but that's that mysterious, mythical rate that is the permanent long-term rate that the Fed wants to target and say, that's what we're going to do. And what Jerome Powell did in his conversation was indicate, you know what, folks, this is not going to be a short-term solution. This isn't going to be temporary. These rates are going to stay high forever. This is a new neutral rate. It's higher than we've seen before. We've got to fight the demon of government spending and inflation, and this is what it's going to be. And the market has reacted accordingly by tanking because they think, "Uh uh-oh, We're not going to get the lower rates we were hoping for. They're here to stay. That they're here to stay tells me, the layman, uh, that the inflation is not going down. We already saw it tick up last month when we're talking about the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, or the PPI, the Producer Price Index. We already see that the spread between the 10-year Treasury and and mortgage rates, we're talking about 300 basis points uh, here, 3%. You're seeing mortgage rates at 7.5% or higher. The 10-year rate is at its highest point since 2000. And, and seven, this is also a stating to the Biden administration that no, inflation is not down and no, this economy is not particularly healthy. Do I have that wrong? Tony, let me give you a different twist on that. I think that the reality is that inflation will come down. But what the Fed is saying by implying that there's going to be this higher neutral rate forever, what they're saying is we will have to continue to fight the Biden administration on inflation. They're not reducing their spending. They're not cutting the size of government. So this will be a perpetual battle. I do believe, Tony, that inflation is coming down. It will come down. The Fed will succeed. But they're saying, but the the war will not be won. We will have to fight this war long term. That's really what they're saying here. 
talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. A lot of this is a connection to home prices, and and we talk a lot to Lance Lambert, uh, the real estate editor at, at Fortune Magazine, taking a look at where these rates are and how housing is is going. Uh, You've got a report here from CNBC that home sales stick near recent lows in August, but prices continue to climb. Houses are not selling as fast, but, or, or, you know, it's not growing. The inventory issues are still there, but even if people ask outrageous amounts of money, it's still getting paid for. People are taking loans at this seven, seven and a half, eight percent in some cases. As a, as a matter of how it affects the economy, what kind of cash is this either A, forcing into the market or taking out of the market because the cash is being spent on interest rates? Well, well Tony, I, I don't know that I would look at it as far as cash into or cash out of. Uh, the way I would interpret what's happening in the housing market is that the income last year for the first time in many, many, in fact, I couldn't find out how far back, maybe even 10 or 12 years, first time household incomes dropped on an inflation adjusted basis. They dropped last year. You made $1,700 less as a household last year, Tony. So that's what's really impacting the home market is this decrease in incomes that people are seeing across the board. So if I'm seeing a decrease in my household income, how in the world is anybody affording that much more for the house? That There has to be a give somewhere, Dr. Will. Well, Tony, it's slowed down. I mean, yes, home prices are perpetually going up. That's kind of the trend. They up and down, but perpetually they tend to go up. It is slowed down. We've seen a decline, but we're still seeing, and I'll say it like I've said many times, we're seeing, still seeing the post-pandemic bump. The, the push and the, and the juice of all this cash from the federal government is still working its way through the economy, and it's going to continue to do so for a while. We also take a look at oil prices as we have and oil prices are now well they're they're stuck in the 90s right uh west texas intermediate is 90 91 dollars a barrel a brent crude is 93 dollars a barrel as a level of uh, or i shouldn't say as a level as a marker of inflation is it the inflation that's making oil prices go higher or are oil prices going higher because of the uh, production or lack thereof and therefore that is helping to feed the inflationary pressures well it's, it's a few things tony one is the production cuts that we're seeing from opec another is the production cuts we're seeing from the biden administration by canceling leases so companies in the united states can no longer extract oil so it's a combination of that but it's mostly tony it's mostly due to the lack of supply. Let's move it over to the strike. Uh, the United Auto Workers, uh, you're already starting to see layoffs here in, in, in our Indiana, layoffs uh, in, in Ohio, layoffs in Michigan. You have uh, 13,000 people who are off the job on, on regarding all three, Stellantis, Ford, and General Motors. This from UAW President Sean Fain. Uh, you have uh, continued deals that have been offered uh, to the union. The union is not taking them. And what we might get tomorrow and what we'll probably get tomorrow is more people being taken off the job in these plants. And those who supply product to the plants are also starting to lay people off because if the plant isn't buying, there's no need uh, to manufacture. How is this strike affecting other things in the economy? 
Well, Tony, there's, there's two parts two parts to this answer. And one is that there is a ripple effect, which you just described. An individual uh, isn't working at the auto plant, therefore he or she isn't going grocery shopping. They're not buying a, an appliance for their house. They're not taking a vacation. The local restaurant isn't being, uh, you know, having customers. So there's that ripple effect. But here's the more important thing, Tony. We saw this, if you remember, a couple of decades ago when the unions were emboldened. We saw this huge shift from the big three into Honda, Toyota, Subaru. They started making cars in Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio. I predict, Tony, that if we have a prolonged strike, we're going to see that shift again, and the foreign-based manufacturers will have a bigger foothold, and the UAW is doing nothing but shooting themselves in the foot with the strike. You're, are you arguing that the UAW won't get any of the things that they were going for? Oh, no. I think they'll get the things they're going for. I think they'll get a significant portion of them because the, the big three know that if they don't give in, if they don't do something, that they're going to they're have their lunch eaten by these the foreign manufacturers. And so I believe that this is going to accelerate that shift from the big three into foreign-made cars. Before I, I let you go, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, the possibility of government shutdown. And I'm not a guy who gets worked up about shutdowns. It's going to happen. It won't happen. Honestly, there's nothing I could do about it. I, I, I can't get worked up if these people won't actually do their jobs. If there is a government shutdown, does this lend itself in any level of long term to economic issues felt by the market or in other markets outside of what we talk about on Wall Street? Okay, Tony. <laughs> I'm going to go against um, the trend on every economist out there. They're not, not, most won't agree with me, is if a government shuts down, there will be significant short-term pain. Everyone knows that. It could harm the rating of the U.S. federal government's bonds, which was already downgraded. But if the shutdown happens and controlling of spending occurs, there will be a long-term benefit to the economy. Yes, that's true. Uh, but that's uh, predicated on the idea that there's going to be some reduction in spending. But there's not going to be a reduction in spending. There's going to be a slowing, but not a reduction. Does the shutdown itself, whether it's a day or 100 days, does it have some level of effect, of lasting effect, on an economy based on history? It does, Tony. It will, there will be a, a rolling effect that will be perpetual in the economy. When the economy, let's say, shrinks by 3%, that 3% is built in forever. Everybody knows if you don't get a pay raise, well, then your next pay raise is less because it's not compounded upon that previous raise. So, yes, there is a perpetual impact on the economy. That's just a, a fact. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, Always appreciate the input and the take. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Rupert Murdoch steps away. Uh, the man who brought you Fox News, uh, the chairman of Fox, he is stepping out. He will be the chairman emeritus, and his son will take over. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What does this mean for Fox? Well, for people who have already sworn off Fox, absolutely nothing. I got to assume that they think that things are going to get much, much, much worse. They'll lurch uh, far left, etc. I don't know what it means. I know very little about Lachlan. Um, I, I feel like I, I've talked about him before and I, I knew more back in the day. And, you know, some things just can't stay in your mind anymore. That's all there is. I don't spend my days thinking about... Um, Lachlan Murdoch. He will be the sole chairman uh, 
of um, of Fox and of News Corp will be Lachlan. Um, I, I guess the other son didn't want it. I don't know. Maybe they flipped a coin. What 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 whatever it is. Um, Does it mean real changes? The answer is I don't think so. And certainly we've already seen the changes that have happened at Fox and many people aren't happy with it. And I get it. And and you you question, well, are are they still going to be a network that has a voice for the political right? And the answer is yes. Because I would think as just an economic model, that's where you have differentiation. That's where you have audience. That's where you can still get advertisers. That matters. Sometimes we forget the fact that the money still does drive. Money does indeed matter. It does. Now, sometimes, as we've seen, they don't care. Isn't it very obvious that uh, CNN doesn't care about ratings in the slightest? They cared more about going after Trump, attacking Trump, destroying Trump, abusing Trump than they did about ratings. Brian Stelter on your TV? Down Lemon on your TV? Could you imagine allowing Cuomo and that prop Q-tip to be on your TV? And then Cuomo gets the job at News Nation and insults News Nation. Oh, nobody watches this. Oh, it's embarrassing to be here. And they still have him on the air. Oh, yes, sometimes they don't pay attention to money. I don't know if Fox is those people. Time will tell. This is Tony Katz today.